Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time (laughs) for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. All right, we're back. Hey, hey. It's Dungeon Crawlers Radio, and, uh, well, we've leveled up. I'm, I'm just going to leave it simply that. So uh, we now have a full table. So there is myself, Revan. There's Savart. Scott Hay. And Jessica. Yay, Woo! that's right. We have a full table here. So we've got lots of fun stuff going on tonight. We have author Jonathan Ryan coming on the show talking about his new book, uh, The Dark Bride, which is part of the Three, Gate, the Three Dead Gates series. And then, uh, later on, we'll be having Keith Allen coming on, talking about his new uh, Internet Sensation YouTube video that's been out there. It's like, what, 7 million hits at this point. Uh, Dark Lord Funk. If you haven't missed it, you've been living in a dark cave under several boulders, and you probably chewed your leg off to get to this point. Uh, (laughs) And then crawled out. It's everywhere. I mean, I went ice skating a couple weeks ago, and they played it there. Uh, that's how crazy it was. <laughs> so, um, Power of YouTube. Yes, YouTube is everywhere. But, uh, I mean, there's lots and lots of uh, crazy stuff going on. So, uh, we can go over some uh, some geek news. Uh, well, actually, before we even jump into that, uh, I just want to say congratulations to Jared Seach and to Jessica, because they just returned from Star Wars Celebration, and they won the award for Best special effects yes. in the fan film. So you guys were on a, almost a month ago mm-hmm. uh, talking about this, and you know we were hoping you guys would win, and you guys did win. You got you got a cool little statue oh, or yeah. something. Stormtrooper with a camera. It's pretty awesome. A Stormtrooper <laughs> with a camera. Yeah. That is, that's awesome. And, uh, and then you guys came back, did some edits, and released the full version of it. Yes. Which is with pretty even sweet. even more special effects. Yes. <laughs> More awesome. Yes, exactly. Yes. So it's even more exciting than the one that won. So yeah, check it out. Yes. So uh, if you haven't seen it, just uh, look for uh, Knights of the Old Republic Broken Soul. Broken Soul. Yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, we should probably talk about some geek news. There's lots of geek news to to talk about. So much. Um, Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) Seriously. There's lots and lots. Uh, I know Disney just released their uh, the photo of their film slate through 2017, which is just insane. Uh, I don't know if anyone's seen this yet. So right now we have uh, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Disney's Tomorrowland coming out. Then Pixar's Inside Out. Then we have Ant-Man. Then we have DreamWorks' uh, Bridge of Spies. 
which is this fall, and then uh, The Good Dinosaur, Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, which is in the winter, and then Disney's The Finest Hour. Then we have Zootopia, The Jungle Book, Alice Through the Looking Glass, uh, Captain America Civil War, which apparently is coming, which is spring of next year, uh, Finding Dory. What is this other one? Says BFG. I don't know what that is. Big, Big friendly, friendly giant. giant. Big friendly giant. <laughs> Peach Dragon. They're making a sequel or, or something uh, like reboot, that. I bet. Okay. Uh, Doctor Strange. Ooh. Rogue One. Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. By Disney. What? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Star Wars Episode Eight. Toy Story Four, and then p- the new, the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Still going. And no Rogue One on that list, huh? Yeah, no, Rogue, Rogue One. One. Oh, well, that was like right. after Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's next winter. So yeah, I mean, some pretty reboots. cool stuff. Uh-huh. Reboots. <laughs> good, good reboots, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Good reboots. So pretty much, we're gonna get. Um, so we get Episode Seven this winter. Next winter, we get Rogue One, and then in the spring, we get the next Star Wars. So we don't have to wait that long between Rogue One and the next Star Wars. Which is good. Which will I be pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't... They're rebooting Peach Dragon. Hopefully the dragon doesn't look as goofy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love yeah. that movie, but... I'm sure it will be yeah. pretty epic. Yeah. Dead Men Tell No Tales is the, the name of the, the pirates. The Caribbean. And then... They have other ones that have kind of been... There's Thor, which will be November 2017. An uh, untitled Pixar animation, an untitled Disney animation, Avengers Affinity War, which is May of 2018, an untitled Pixar animation, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, untitled Disney animation, an Avengers Affinity War Part 2 in May of 2019, and Inhumans. So, uh, yeah. They're going to make a lot of money. Yep. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's just say, <laughs> we'll just say that Disney owns half of the geek universe. Yeah. I mean, no with doubt. Star Wars, Marvel, and everything else Disney puts out. That's There it is. So where should we put Geekland? Disney's going to build a Geekland somewhere. Where should they put it? So that's actually funny that you bring that up. So uh, you know how they have the Disney Cruises? Uh-huh. Well, they've added a new play area to one of the cruise ships that's going out this, uh, this fall, summer. It is the Millennium Falcon. Yes. They have built awesome. a Millennium Falcon that the kids can go and play in. Um, so, yeah, it's Star Wars Day at Sea. Uh, it's going to include characters like Darth Vader, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, three or C-3PO, R2-D2, and more. Um, there's going to be Jedi Training Academy. Of course. And the the bar is going to look like the Moss Eisley Cantina. Of course, uh, yeah, that'd be the place to go. Yeah, no robots allowed. I yeah. So <laughs> they had one at Celebration, and they actually started like it was a functioning like you could go wow. yeah. there. It was really cool. I'm gonna bend this down. Sorry, that mic's a little bit directional. So I, this is really I'm I'm gonna say this out loud, but this really sucks that I'm now a grown adult. Why? And this oh. cool stuff wasn't available when I was a kid. When I love Star Wars, well, I still do. I but feel like there's no age restriction. It'll be weird. People will think weird things of you, but 
That's just okay. seriously, just do, it. do it. I would be sitting there in the cockpit, just like <laughs> jump to light speed, hurry. No, no, no. Oh, you could go no. still and just say, "Chewie, we're home." When you walk yeah. in. <laughs> no, no, I'd have to be flying. <laughs> if I'm gonna sit in the Millennium Falcon, I better be flying the dumb thing. Uh, yeah. So it looks like uh, Jonathan's calling in. So let's nice. grab his call. We'll talk to him about his book. Maybe if the button works. Come on, button. Hello. Can you hear? Hey guys, can you hear me? Uh, we can. Hello. Can you hear us? Yes, perfectly fine. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show after your long trip back from Utah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I went through so much like blizzards and tornadoes, and it was it was crazy. It was the craziest road trip as far as weather and stuff goes. I didn't know what was going to come next. It was bizarre. Uh, that sounds crazy. I mean, you were, tornadoes? yeah, tornadoes and blizzards. <laughs> yeah, well, I stayed. I went to. I was coming back from Utah. I stayed, in, and uh, that morning they had like, I don't know, I guess like almost ten inches of snow. And I left, and about three or four hours later, I think they got hit with tornadoes. So the the storm was like chasing me all across Kansas. So I was like, you know, I was like, this is the strangest uh, road trip ever. And then going there, I got caught in a blizzard and. In Wyoming, so it was just it was bizarre. Wow, wow! And then and then and then for my book signing in Salt Lake on Tuesday, um, y'all had that huge uh, dust storm, and that, that yeah. was kind of nuts too. So it was just like this weird—I don't know—it was bizarre. It follows you. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, <laughs> it actually snowed here yesterday, so I think I'm convinced that might be the case. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, but it's south. It's south Bend, so it's not hugely unusual. Um, but yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, we had snow in the well, morning. It was crazy. That just sounds like a crazy trip. I mean, you had to deal with the weird dirt rainstorm that we had. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. A blizzard, tornadoes. Uh, wow. I mean, luckily yeah. you weren't driving on the, on the coast, and then you would have had to get the, the hurricane hitting you at the same time. You, you were just at Universal Studios, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it just it follows me. Bad weather follows me around. It's, it is kind of weird, it actually, but it actually does. So, um, so yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm a rainmaker. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. So now the book is out. Now Dark Bride is out and it, available it, for it, the masses. It is. It is out all over the place. As a matter of fact, even in Target and Walmart, oddly enough. So, um, wow. so yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's um, I, I didn't know how well. Um, this was really kind of the first official launch with Open Road because um, I've been about I've been through three different publishers, um, and the first two folded. So um, hopefully Open Road will not. Uh, I don't think it will. Um, so this is the first uh, launch experience with Open Road, and it's been fantastic. The book has sold really well. Um, they seem to be pretty happy with it, and they're setting up book signings and stuff for the next couple months. So it's always good for an author when. Uh, the publisher takes that kind of because you know it's doing fairly well. Um, so it's it's been it's been fun. I mean, launching it in Salt Lake with all my friends there was great. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been a good experience for a book that I have a, a complicated relationship with. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> do you mind explaining the complicated relationship with? Yeah, you got us all curious. Um, I, I, a little bit. I mean, it's a. Um, the Three Gates series is sort of a complicated relationship anyway because there are some uh, deeply personal things in both of those books. Um, you know, and, and in this case, uh, 
the second book is really a, about the dissolution of a family. Um, and I wrote it, I wrote about three years ago. Um, and I just, uh, went through a divorce recently and obviously those things are not related at all, but, um, you know, having written the book, or written the book three years ago and now this happened in this past year, I, I feel kind of funky about it, I guess, you know, like there's some kind of weird connection there that I, that I wasn't seeing before. So, um, so yeah, I, so yeah. Have a complicated really, and and it's and it's a dark book. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely darker than the first one. And it actually came out of um, when I was living in Ohio and working with college students. Um, I was working with um, a uh, anti uh, sex trafficking campaign in in Ohio, and some uh, some of the experiences and stories that I learned there uh, started firing some of uh, my brain for the book. So um, it, it's definitely a tough book to read. Now those th- those two things aren't connected, you know, um, my divorce yeah. or, or that. But it's but it's you know all those kind of things make it a a very hard. Uh, a friend of mine says she's like, I love this book and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> so um, that that might be probably. Uh, and she's like, you know, I'll, I'll never read it again for that reason. I'm like, yeah, well, that makes sense. So um, I, I I kind of feel that way about this book, honestly. All right. So now. What is kind of the premise for Dark Bride then? Now that we've kind of got that uh, dark, interesting. Yeah, d- dark, yeah. dark Bride. Uh, what happens is um, Aiden, the st- uh, character from the first one, his best friend Brian, uh, moves to Columbus, and um, Brian and his wife uh, are doing some bad things. Uh, turns out, and uh, they invite sort of a demonic presence into their house, and things start going to hell, um, literally. Um, and so it involves their daughter and a bunch of other stuff. So, um, so that, that's basically sort of the basic plot line and, you know, Aiden has to, to save her and, and try to, to save the family on, on top of, on top of everything. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, wow. I, I'm kind of speechless now. Literally going to hell. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, did, I, did I just bring down the whole show? I'm sorry. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Yeah, yeah, no. it sounds, yeah. I'm just sitting here like. It's incredible. Um, I can see the movie in my head already. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm, I'm visualizing this and like, yeah, that would be really, really cool. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely got those issues of, of, you know, the first book, Aiden's struggling with his faith. Uh, he's very self-centered. Um, and in this book, he's, you know, he's kind of coming out of himself um, a little bit and um, being more aware of the problems of others, I think. Um, and, you know, this happens to his best friend and, and uh, his best friend's wife and, and their little daughter, um, who, you know, he's basically her, her godfather. So, um, you know, so it, ha- it has a lot of things going on there with, with him as a character as he, as he develops. And, and then he finds, you know, that he's been chosen to be a part of a secret society uh, on top of all of that. So um, a, a society that's called the Five Sorrows, which uh, Father Neil is who's sort of sort of the Gandalf Dumbledore character uh, in the book is, is a part of this society. So, um, and, it, it, you know, we find out that Aiden has been chosen to, to be a part of this group. So he's got all this stuff to deal with. It's a lot. Yeah. That sounds really good. <laughs> I am almost kind of picturing Yeah, I'm kind of picturing almost a, like a an Amityville type feel. Uh it, it does, to what's going it on is, in the house. Actually Well, and on, on another part of uh the factor that came in I was, was I'm sure you guys have listened to Coast to Coast radio a time or two. Yeah. Um 
but but they had one guy, I think he was a Las Vegas journalist, who was talking about the Skinwalker Ranch and um, just some unusual, unusual, bizarre events that were going on there. And so, um, you know, I, <laughs> that story is fantastic and kept me up most of the night afterwards because it just totally, uh, completely frightened me. Um, <laughs> but I thought, oh, what a great, what a great thing to put in a book. And so I that, that I definitely had that inspiration from that story. So if anybody out there, you can look up Skinwalker Ranch and you may not sleep tonight. So I, I will put that warning out there in advance. I think it's a movie. Yeah. Uh, a local group made the movie <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch. And I heard it was actually really good. I have not seen it, but I heard it was a really good one for a local film. Hmm. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, is it really difficult kind of getting into this mindset where this book has taken place because, uh, you know, of the animal sacrifices and the the really mm-hmm. dark, evil stuff coming up. I mean, is that kind of tough to get into, or is that just kind of like, oh, hey, it's a walk in a park and zip through it? Or tough to get out of. Or yeah. tough to get out of, yeah. You know, it was, again, I wrote it three years ago, um, so it's it's difficult to remember my mind space at the time. But I, I think I think with, with these books, there's definitely some darkness into it, but I think the central core of the light is represented by the five sorrows, which are, um, which I explain. It's sort of a spoiler alert here. Something I wants to put their uh, fingers in their ears. But you know, the five sorrows are five objects that were present at the crucifixion of Christ, and so they've taken on. I don't want to say magical, but supernatural abilities. Um, so, but they're but the, those are stand-in, stand-ins for a lot of things that I discuss in the book. So, I think holding on to the light there um, helps you navigate the darkness, and you know, and frankly, that's pretty much a good thing for life, right? <laughs> um, you know, as a writer, you have to get into the ugliness and the darkness of people's minds and hearts. And, um, you know, I think the only way you can really do that is if you have a strong, uh, you know, in my case, I'm a committed Catholic. So, you know, my faith definitely plays a way to get out of that darkness to to keep to keep anchored while, keep anchored in the light while everything's kind of going on, going on around you when you're, when you're writing. So, um, but it, it can. I mean, there there are times in Dark Bride, I think, where I um, it, it took me a couple of days to recover certain scenes because you know I, I have a daughter, and um, some of the things that happen in the book, you know, sort of terrify. There's nothing more terrifying than if you're a parent than thinking about something happening to your children. And I had to picture this for this book, um, just as my daughter was turning, you know, I think she was turning two at the time. So um, so that that's not always fun to think about. <laughs> this is gonna bug me. This book sounds so awesome, but now I'm gonna be sitting. I'm gonna be thinking the same thing, you know. Right. My daughter. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, don't, I still want to read this book though. Just don't read it at home alone. <laughs> you know. Right. right. Yeah. I, I will it say creeps this. me out more than the first book. I will. I will say that. Right. Like three gates, and everyone's like, "Did this book creep you out?" I'm like, "I wrote. You wrote that book about thirty times, so the creep factor was just completely lost for me." Um, this book, I still, I still won't read it again. Um, because oh. just it, it's a it's a creepy book for lots of reasons. Well, if this book can creep me out, it gets like the double, double, triple, you know, award. <laughs> I'd Seriously. be interested to know if it does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, I, I've said this several times on the show before, but you know, the summer after, uh, I think it was third grade. We had my my uncle living with us, and he was a horror nut. I watched eight to nine horror movies a day for the entire summer. 
I was nice. desensitized. I mean, there's very few movies that can freak me out. Uh, Hitchcock still does it, just because you don't see any yep. of the death scenes. It's all suspenseful. Um, yep. Dark uh, Darkness Falls does the same thing because none of the deaths are on screen. It's you hear it in the audio off to the side with a wonderful surround sound. Um, so, and there's only one other writer. I mean, I I can read Stephen King no problem. Go back and go to sleep. Uh, Michael Brent Collings wrote a book, uh, Twisted, uh, that I yes. just read yes. recently and reviewed. Yes. And yes. literally, yes. I I I have I cannot walk in the dark. Anymore, I, I I get bugged and I have to flip the switch on because like, is there something behind me? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're, you're exactly, been doing that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, well, you know, so I think if this can do no, that, go oh my gosh, perfect. Well, I hope so. I mean, here's the interesting thing. I think is at least for me, I actually don't own any horror movies at all. <laughs> I, actually, I take that back. I own all the old Universal horror movies. Um, yeah, but but that's it. Um, I don't. I actually watch a lot of them, and because when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in a pretty conservative, uh, fundamentalist, charismatic uh, home. Um, you know, and we didn't, wasn't allowed to watch Freddy. Now, you know, as a kid, I hated that because all my friends were. But now, as a writer, as an adult, I completely appreciate that because I was, I was forced to, you know, watch some of the older scary movies, which in some ways are a lot more terrifying, but oh, also yeah. to read like real ghost stories and like real. Or you know, quote real like stories about actually the stories that scared me the most were two two um uh you know I read stories about Bigfoot by myself at night you know those are kind of terrifying when you're seven or eight but the story that scared me the most and still to this day because I've actually been there now uh, is the Mothman story I don't know if you guys are familiar with that yeah yeah um, yeah I mean that's a sort of a real story and it's you know then it has a real tragedy at the end with the collapse of the Silver Bridge so. Um, and you you go to the town, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's it's a bit creepy. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's a it has a vibe. It has a very very strange thing. So that that story at, at nine, I think I was nine years old when I read about that. And, you know, the glowing red eyes and all that stuff. That that just yeah. freaked me out as a kid. So you know, my imagination was developed with those. Um, and then going to the mountains of the Midwest. Um, here in the Midwest, we you know Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. Um, you know, there's these huge collection of earthen mounds that that some people, you know, some of them we don't know where they came from. Like we're not entirely sure of the civilization that they're there. So I think, you know, growing up in that atmosphere in the Midwest, sort of, some people might say warped my brain, <laughs> but yeah. um, that warped definitely gave me way. a better sense of what what actually scares people and what how they get into people's heads. And you know, there is the gross-out horror, which is which is fine. But I think the more terrifying one is, you know, stuff that crawls into your brain and stays there for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and some of the, the, the best stuff I've seen is, as far as, like, horror movies or stories is when there is some sort of realism, like the Mothman prophecy. Uh, you yeah. know, they even made that into a movie that I still find creepy, yeah. you know, with Richard Gere mm-hmm. in it. And, you know, that is creepy. And then, you you know, like back in Maine where there actually is – the Amityville stories are based off of, you know, actual events. And um, I know that there's actually a society out there that does uh, paranormal investigations, and they actually have um, like spoons yeah. from this, this home. Yeah. And if you can actually get onto this team, they they put the these spoons are encased in these boxes, and they give them to you. But 
they tell you never to take the spoon out because all sorts of really nasty stuff will happen uh, because they're warded and protected. And uh, I know a guy that's actually here in Salt Lake that has one of these. And, you know, people have offered him huge amounts of money to take that spoon out, and he refuses. I mean, he believes you, you know, in it so much. You know, people have such an interest in this stuff, and I, it, it's 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 fascinating, um, and I think it's inherent in all of us. Um, but, you know, last year at Comic-Con, Salt Lake City Comic-Con, um, I, got, I got put on a demonology panel, and it was the last night of the con, and I'm thinking, we're not going to have anybody. We're going to have, like, ten people. Probably It'll probably be room. all of us. That, yeah, and we had over 600 people at that one. That was the largest uh, <laughs> panel discussion I did. And it was just like, we're, like all the panelists on there were all looking at each other like, can you believe this? Like, you know, like yeah. what in the world? And as as a former ordained minister, I mean, everyone was like, you know, like, oh, you're the expert. And I'm like, yeah, no. Because then they asked me, they were like, you know, what would you, what would you do now if you ran into a house that was possessed or a person? I was like, yeah, talk to my priest. <laughs> And I don't think they <laughs> they didn't expect that, but you know, as a Catholic, that's that's my uh, that's my logical step. You know, I'm gonna go to the priest and have him bless the house. And if there's something more severe, well, then you know, then that that gets uh, the bishop gets consulted at that point. So, um, mm. you know, I think you know the way I would have answered that question, but you know, last summer uh, when I had just become a Catholic, to where I would have answered it five years ago is different. But I, but I think people have this inherent interest in this topic and it, it'll never go away. It's, it's always going to be there because in, in my opinion, it's real and, and people like to talk about real stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not actually a hundred percent surprised by the fact that you had such a, a loaded uh, panel just because there are a lot of uh, locations here actually here in Salt Lake that are haunted or within a very quick drive from here. Um, I mean, there's several downtown and there, the Walker Building, which is this huge, massive sky rise. Um, I know there's a team that's gone down there into the basement, and they have actually got like EVP recordings of a kid being drowned. There is no water. Oh my the, gosh! Oh my here, gosh. and you hear that's the horrific. splash. You hear the splashing back and forth. I mean, it, it is the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Because you, that's you can, you hear every agonizing moment of this child being drowned. So I don't know if there was a whale there or what uh, originally, but it's yeah, creepy. It's, it's so, horrific. Well, next next yeah. time I come out, you might have to take me there. Take me both. All right. That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I mean, it, it's just, and, and I'm interested in that. You know, I, I I've done paranormal investigations, and there's been times I've come back with nothing. There's been times that I've come back with some EVPs, and there's other times where things have happened, and you're just like, what the heck? I mean, you just can't believe it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but I, I can luckily say I've never had anything psycho crazy happen. I mean, the home that I grew up in, we had, to, we had right. some ghosts in there. Um, you know, yeah, we had right. one that liked to hide stuff. You know, there's times where you'd go jump in the shower, you'd lock the door, no one can come in and then you come out and the, the laundry hampers upside down and clothes are all over the floor. And it's like, what the heck? Or we'd have bottles randomly get, get knocked off of shells and things like that. And then there, I, and there was a point where other things were happening, but you know, we did something to resolve that. But uh, even oh, yeah. now, uh, my parents have sold that home and moved away. The people that are living there are still having problems. There, there. I mean, there was one spirit that would literally push you down the stairs. 
randomly, and that's it's, still happening. Yeah. So. Funny, yeah. That's where, crazy. Um, that's right. Right. No one's going to sleep tonight. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, um, Actually, since I was really that, small, it, it would turn all the water in the house on. All of the sinks, upstairs, downstairs, I would wake up at 3 in the morning for years, and all the water in the house would be on. Weird. And so. That is weird. It's. Yeah, I mean, my dad would call the water company, try and find out maybe the water went off and we left the faucets on and it came back on in the middle of the night. But it happened for years and nobody ever figured it out. And a lot of other things happened over the years. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I think people are extremely interested in it because it does give them that hope of life after death. I think people are extremely mm-hmm. interested in that. You know, it's just yeah. like, oh, well, if there's a yeah. ghost, then that means there's something else. And it's extremely important to people to yeah. to know or to feel that, to have that reassurance. Even if it scares the crap out of them. Even, yeah, right scar- even if they have yeah. to haunt someone in the next life, they're interested in that as well, as long as there's something. <laughs> well, and, the, and you know, the, the terror comes in, in different ways. You know, um, <laughs> When I was at Teen Author Boot Camp uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I was uh, for the author's lunch, I was sitting and talking to Brie Spain, who's also a fellow scary story writer, Um and she's like, so, so do you have any real life scary stories? And I'm like, yeah, I have one. And I, I told her my real life scary story, and she goes, I really, really hate you <laughs> because she's, she's going. She, I guess she's at this haunted monastery in France uh, this week. But she's like, I really hate you now because um, the stories. It's not. I guess I should tell a story, huh? Um, it's uh, when my ex wife was pregnant with our first son. Um, she had this weird dream of this uh, boy with glowing eyes uh, hovering outside our, our window. And uh, it was it was sort of funny because she was making noises to try to scare the boy away, and she, she was making him in her sleep, you know. She woke me up with him, and I, I woke her up, and she's laughing. We're both kind of laughing because it, it was sort of funny. Uh, it was probably about two days later. Uh, we lived in this house that was that was uh, in the suburbs, and... Uh, but it was a converted farm field, so our, our backyard was humongous, probably half an acre long. And um, she looked outside the window from the kitchen. She's like, hey, "Someone was walking in our backyard last night in the snow." And uh, you know, there's a, there was a bike path that attached to our yard, and I thought, "Yeah, you know, someone probably walked through our yard. It's kind of rude, but whatever." She goes, "No, I want you to go check it out." I'm like, all right. So I go out in the morning, and I, I go out um, to the corner of the house. And the footprints stopped right at the corner of the house. They didn't come around to the front. And again, this was new snow, so you know would have seen it. Uh, so that was weird. But then also, uh, I looked at the footprints, and you know, usually, even for a kid my daughter's size, and she's a little little mouse, uh, she's gonna she's gonna break the the, the snow with her weight. Yeah. Um, all I saw all I saw in the snow were these light indentations of footprints, um, and they weren't shoes; they were bare footprints. <laughs> um, and they did not break the snow. They didn't break down to the grass or anything like that. They were just indentations enough for me to see them. Um, wow. They were, again, they were bare. They, they were probably about the size of a child or or, or a woman um, with a, with small feet. So I go, okay, this cannot either 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 a crazy woman has, has escaped from an asylum or something, or there's a kid lost out. Like I didn't immediately go to a supernatural explanation. I'm thinking there's a kid lost on the snow. I got to find him. So I'm following the, the trail of the footprints in our backyard, and uh, they go all the way up to the bike trail. Now, the bike trail is probably eight feet tall, so it was over my head, and it's a steep, a steep hill leading down to our yard. And I looked all the way up and down the trail. There were no 
footprints coming down from the trail. There were no footprints coming into our yard from the side. So they stopped right at the bike trail. There were no slide marks from the hill. I'm like, this cannot, this can't be what it looks like. This just cannot be. Maybe they hopped from the top of the trail, which they could have done, uh, but it would have been painful, uh, painful landing. So I, I went up to the trail and there was nothing but smooth snow <laughs> all the way down the bike trail. And there was nothing on the other side of the trail either. So the footprints stopped or began at the trail, stopped at the corner of our house. And um, wow. so, yeah, yeah. so I told that. So so I think people, even if it's something that's not inherently scary, like demonic or uh, frightening, um, those kind of stories sort of just send shivers down your spine because you know, I think the reason people are so interested in that is because not not just life after death, but the unseen world. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, you, as a Catholic, I'm, I'm really weird about saying life after death because, you know, for us, it's just dying and being and passing into the unseen world and to, into God's presence. And so, you know, what the unseen world is and what it looks like, uh, we have no idea. Um, but there's a sense that it's right next door to us. Like you can, it's it's like right there, and if you want to call it a parallel universe or whatever, I think there's a sense of of where that's the case. And so when when people hear stories like that, when they when they go to places where they feel a shiver down their spine or they feel something uncanny or weird, it's not just being reminded of life after death. It's being reminded of there's an unseen world out there that we do not see, and um, all of the best all the best scary story writers, horror writers. Charles Williams is my favorite. Um, he was one of the Inklings. Um, you know, th- those kind of writers help us, you know, and when they're, when they're scaring us, the reason they're scaring us is because they're reminded, reminding us of this unseen world. And that's, yeah. um, that, that breaks into our everyday world that, uh, in a way that we don't necessarily like all the time. Maybe he doesn't like us all the time. <laughs> Well, that's, there's that there's that too. There's absolutely there's that. that too, for sure. I mean, that is that is a really creepy story. But yeah, yeah I mean, that that can happen. And it's just interesting that you have these footprints and they coincide with your wife's dream. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. she was partly awake and was able to see or sense something that we normally wouldn't. I I, I don't know. Uh, I, our minds and everything is it's interesting. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. To this day, I, I won't speculate on what it was because I, I just don't know. I really yeah. don't have any idea. Yeah. Now, because you know, you, like you said, you, you you are Catholic in that, and there's some voodoo aspects that you have in this story. Mm-hmm. Was that interesting looking into that? It uh, was, and getting I mean, to know that. Yeah, especially with the New Orleans uh, New Orleans voodoo. Uh, you know, Marie Laveau was kind of the the voodoo queen. Um, and she figures a little bit into this book, not not as a character, but as sort of a storyline. And she had this interesting story where, you know, early on in her life, she was definitely a voodoo uh, practitioner, but the more, the older she got, the more Catholic she became. Um, so that those those kind of transitions always interest me. And I think with uh, the voodoo aspect in this book, um, there's a sense of, uh, I don't want to give too much away about the book, but there's a sense of, the people who practice it in this book are on the good side, um, and they're still dealing with some elements of, of magic. Um, and in way, like Father Neil's character is, is basically a magician, 
um, and he can still do it, um, but he chooses not to. So there's this interesting gray area that I think um, that I, I was trying to explore with that, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because I mean, a lot of a lot of the medievals, yeah. I mean, Isaac Newton was basically the last magician, not the first scientist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And his his whole his whole uh, you know his whole way he got into science was was trying to do trying to practice magic. And so um, that, that that history and that sort of thing had a definite inter, um, influence on on how I went about this book. And the, the inter, interplay between magic and science is a lot fuzzier than people would care to admit. Yeah. It's very true. I, I like that. So uh, Yeah. Yeah, it is, for sure. So this book is out. This is the second one. Yeah. The the when when do we see the the third one? Is the third one the final one then? Um, or are there... it maybe it I think okay. I think uh I thought it the third one might be the final one, but I think it'll probably take two books to end the series. Okay. Um Right now we're talking to a variety of different publishers. Um, Open Road is a possibility on that one too because our contract is only two books. So, you know, right now we're not sure what, what's going to happen with that, my agent and I. Um, so, you know, it's sort of, right now it's sort of taken a, the third book has taken a backseat to a young adult book that I'm writing um, with Joe Schaefer. So um, yeah. there's a lot of exciting things happening with that book that we have to basically finish it in about three weeks. So, um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so that so uh, book three of Three Gates has kind of been put on on pause uh, until we can until we can finish that. Um, so, but but that book three is definitely uh, uh, a complete uh, transformation for Aiden and, and his character. Um, and the title of that is Hideous Magic. So, um, it, you know, Aiden definitely has his severe uh, crisis point in this book for sure. Sounds like it. So I mean, yeah. I, I didn't realize that your yours and Joe's book needed to be done so quickly. I mean, three weeks. Uh, that's well, that's like crunch time. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you when you talked to to the ladies a few weeks ago, um, it wasn't the case. It was not, but that was before it came out in boot camp. And yeah, um, you know, my agent came to me and said, "How soon can you have it done?" <laughs> and we're like, "Well, we're kind of like a quarter of the way through it now." And she's like, "Well." get it done faster. So, um, <laughs> and I, I can't, I can't say why at this point, but, uh, You're fine. so yeah, so it's, it's, so we've basically been on high writing gear for the last, uh, for the last week since, since I got back from Utah. So yeah. like, I think both of us have written, uh, like 10,000 words in the last five days. <laughs> so wow. it's been, it's been, yeah. And it's flowing. It's just a great book. Um, it's probably my favorite thing that I've written. It's so good. And, Oh. The storyline is great and it's fantastic and it's not horror at all. So, I mean, <laughs> it has some scary elements. It's an action kind of adventure, it's a lot lighter. murder mystery. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, okay. Because you know, well, some of the themes we're exploring in the book are, uh, you know, 1934 uh, Depression era St. Louis. Okay. Um, uh, but also, you know, eugenics uh, is. Uh, and its highest power in our country at the time. I don't know if you guys are familiar with eugenics or not, but yeah. essentially it resulted in, you know, at least 25,000 forced sterilizations in our country. Um, and that, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> that that happened in our country. Um, you know, people who were considered dumb or uh, backward or had learning right. disabilities or whatever were forcibly sterilized by the state. 
so they so they wouldn't reproduce. So and that's that's rather terrifying. <laughs> it's yeah, a terrifying that is. notion. Um, so that that's it, I, that won't necessarily be in book one because it's going to be a probably a five book series when we're done. But um, that that theme is definitely looming in the books and um, the the idea that that the real evil power is never right or left. You know, C.S. Lewis talks about this in that hideous strength. And too often, I think in our country, we're we want to say, oh, the right's evil or the left's evil, and um, in C.S. Lewis's um, that hideous strength, uh, he talks about you know the 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 policewoman character who's she's an evil character. She's you know uh, she's instruction instructing the main character about good and evil, and he's like, well, you know, the right is evil in our in, in England, and she's just laughs. She goes, that's where you that's where you're in the cradle, lovey. Is like the real power is never right or left; it's behind them and beyond them. And uh, you know, I think I think that's what you know Joe and I are exploring in our book, in, in a young adult book, which obviously we won't get into too much detail uh, as we went in an adult book. But it's definitely some themes that are running behind it. So it is scary; it's just in a different way. Yeah, the subtle scare. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, very much so, so. With you guys writing the book together, I mean. Is that how does that dynamic work? Is it like you're writing a chapter, she's writing a chapter, or are you guys constantly talking back and forth and writing together? Why one's on the phone, one's typing, or how does that work? <laughs> no, well, it's funny because Joe and I are, are really great friends, and and you know we came up with this idea together, but you know at the same time we're like, well, how's how's this all going to work? Um, because you know it's one thing to be friends, it's another thing to work with your friends. Um, yeah, and so. And it turns out that it's worked out very smoothly. Partially, you know, we have two characters, Stanley and Hazel. So, you know, I write from Stanley's perspective and she writes from Hazel's perspective. And so, um, you know, we just kind of trade off chapters. And, and there's some chapters where we'll have one, one, one half the chapter will be from Stanley's perspective, one half will be from Hazel's. And it's it's worked out, like, better than I think either one of us expected. So so we'll write we'll write our chapters and we'll send the chapter to the other person and then we'll read it aloud over the phone, kind of doing the grammar edits and that sort of thing. And um, and it's it's uh, it's been fantastic. We've we've pushed each other to be better writers, I think. And um, Joe's really helped me kind of enter the YA world and YA mindset as I'm writing. Um, so that's been helpful in that way. Nice. And you've been part of the the Teen Author Bootcamp for how many years now? This is my second. This was my second year. Yeah, it's, okay, I year. love it there. It's yeah, it's just a great experience to see all the kids and the writing and um the authors sort of taking a backseat to the kids and that's just a lot yeah. of fun. Um you know, this year, for example, you know, Brandon Sanderson, I mean the guy's just he's 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 awesome. Uh he stayed there for probably two hours after the event to make sure everybody got their book signed. Um yeah. you know, and, and that's just an example of, of the writers who come to that thing. They, they you know Sure, we get our books promoted or whatever, um, and that's always a nice thing. But you know, really, most of the writers just come there to teach the kids and and be excited about the kids who want to be writers. I mean, think about this: you know, you have 660 kids in a room who want to be writers, and you know, and I both, but and this happened both years. You know, I'm teaching my class, and nobody's got their cell phones out, no one's got their iPads out, no one's distracted. They are riveted to everything you say, which is scary in and of itself. Um, but they're serious writers and 
you know, this year I did a, a thing called um, Turning Your Dystopian into Histopian, which is sort of what Joe and I, that's what our book is going to be about. Um, and so I had them do a little writing assignment uh, at the end. And so I, I gave them four, basically four objects, you know, a Coke can, baseball, deodorant stick, and a Mr. Potato Head. And I said, okay, give me a, in 10 minutes, write me a short story, uh, a dystopian, dystopian story about this object. And they did, it was just brilliant. Um, one girl who actually I posted on my blog on Pathios, she wrote a story about Mr. Potato Head being used uh, in genetic engineering in the future, which was brilliant. She she read it in the <laughs> class and they, all the kids like applauded her. I was like, wow. So I get to so, pick any one of those, huh? Yeah, okay, so yeah, was, all right. It, so it was, I need to write a story yeah. of the deodorant of Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, deodorant becomes money and commodity because everyone smells in the yeah. future. <laughs> exactly. Know, the nuclear war. So yeah. So you know the kids are just fantastic, and you know the writers cubed who puts it on. I mean, this was this was all their idea. This is their brainchild, and you know I don't think they get near the credit that they deserve. Uh, no the work that they do. I mean, it's the, the work that goes beyond, I've, I've seen the work that goes beyond uh, behind the scenes and the worry and the stress uh, that goes on. And, and strangely enough, you know, they just, they have a lot of things they deal with uh, leading up to it. So they just, they deserve all the credit for it. And it's just, it's an amazing conference that uh, just keeps better, big, getting bigger and better. Yeah. And the one thing I really liked is the authors were kind of, they were like, most of them, even like Brandon Sanderson, kind of took off that, you know, that persona and just kind of relaxed and was really personable yeah. to the kids. And they brought their what they were they were talking about to a level that the kids could understand. I mean, I know Brandon was up there like showing a video game clip, and he was like, you know, and he was relating how the video game was making him better, even though you know you didn't yeah. have any extra lives or anything like that. And he's like, that's how it is with writing. Every time you write, yeah. you're you're getting better, you're leveling up. Um, and I know it hit like my daughter really strongly and a lot of the kids you could, I mean, it is impressive seeing 660 kids like riveted on a talk, on a speaker. You don't see that that often. I mean, teenagers. Yeah. Go to church uh, and see how many (laughs) kids are actually paying attention to the person talking. (laughs) Uh, Um, that that was amazing. You know, and, and just to show the atmosphere they create, it's like you said, the authors come in and they relax, you know, I mean, uh, so I was at a writer's conference about a month ago. It was a uh, future of the Catholic imagination conference in LA. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Gregory Wolf, who started image journal uh, tweeted, he, he basically said, we're all these neurotic, self-centered, insecure people doing in one room. Oh, right. It's a writer's conference. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so it's like, that, that's it. That, that's what writers are. So for, so for them to come into a room and, and, and not make that make it about themselves, and not be kind of neurotic and self-centered. And speaking as a writer, I can I can be that way. So you know, um, it's it's you know, and and as my day job as an editor, it's you know that's another you encounter both sides of the fence. So I think to see writers and editors come in and put their egos at the door for the kids' sake is a, is a tremendous experience. That that is that's just awesome. Wow. Well, I, we're kind of winding down here. You guys have any last minute questions, or I? I just gotta go buy the, get this book. Plain and simple. Yeah, you do. You do. I, I want to get creeped out. I want to get scared. Um, I want to get 
the stuff that is in my head because of Michael Brent moved out and something else replaced in it, even if it is creepier. <laughs> Right, right. It, it, you know, it's diff- a little bit different from Michael Brent's book, but, but I think there's a, like I said, it creeps me out still. And, um, you know, and, and if people are wondering where they can get it. It's, it's anywhere you can yeah. buy a book. If it's not in the store, they'll order it. Um, it's Open Road. It's put out by Open Road in New York, uh, which is a, a fantastic publisher. This has been a great experience, and I can also say now that I share a publisher with two of my heroes, Charles Williams and Walker Percy. In fact. I got to write a foreword to the re-release of Charles Williams' books, so that was. That wow. was people ask me what people ask me what the highlight of my career was, my writing career. And that is it. Right. Yeah. So what happened was, I, I don't know if we have time to tell this last story, but yeah, we do. Yeah. So, uh, so I met my editor Betsy Mitchell, who's kind of fantastic uh, herself, uh, for dinner in Columbus, Ohio, and. Um, so we're, we're having dinner, and she's, she was uh, speaking at this sci-fi fantasy writers conference, and and she said so. So we were talking, and she's like, "So have you ever heard of Charles Williams?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just like I totally you know fanboy geek out on her," and um, and and so uh, I said, "Yeah, you know Charles. He's, he was one of the Inklings with C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien. He's one of my heroes. I mean, Three Gates and Dark Bride definitely come from reading his books. I mean, he's just, he's amazing." But he doesn't get the play that Tolkien and Lewis do because they've just kind of superseded him. But he was at the time actually he was considered the better writer by literary critics. And so, um, so she's like, "Well, she goes, we just got the rights to republish his work. Would you like to do a, an introduction?" And I'm like, "Oh yes, please!" You know, like totally, <laughs> totally, fan, totally fanboying and geeking out. You know, I'm like, "Yes, I would love to. I would." So, you know, I'm just thinking her, and she's she's laughing at me because you know she's old school New York, and uh, you know she doesn't get excited about anything. So I'm just like freaking out. And so, you know, I'm, I'm driving home to South Bend, and I get halfway there, and I'm, I start realizing the last person to do a, a foreword for Charles Williams was T.S. Eliot, and uh, <laughs> I realized I almost called Betsy and be like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I get to follow up T.S. Eliot. Yeah, that'll be fun. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's an honor, but at the same time, it's yeah, I broke in cold sweats. And and it took me a month to write the stupid thing because I just kept having you know this picture of T.S. Eliot in my head, and uh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever written <laughs> for that matter because I was just like freaking out. Um, but it's also the proudest moment I have as, as a writer. I mean, it's great having two books out, but when you can write an intro for one of your uh, one of your heroes and, and a legend, as far as I'm concerned, as far as, in his writing, it's um, yeah, that that's the highlight of my writing career so far. Um, it, it was it was a fantastic honor, and uh, I got personally thanked by the Charles Williams Estate um, for doing it, and that was thrilling. So it was, it was just cool. It was a cool experience. Didn't get paid anything hardly for it. So, but you know, it was it was a great personal experience. Yeah, I mean, now you can. It's like a, you know a notch on your 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 pole, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, and everyone Not should everybody read gets Charles to do something Williams. special for their hero. Yeah, no, you, yeah, really, and everyone should read Charles Williams if you like creepy supernatural fiction. Uh, Charles has got it going on for sure. Duly noted. All right, well, everyone, go pick up this book. It's everywhere apparently, even a Walmart and Target. Walmart, um, <laughs> which I do remember seeing it yet the other day. Which was kind of shocking. Oh, really? Wait a cool. minute. Cool. Um, so I mean, that's okay, cool. that, that's cool that it's at, at Walmart. I mean, props to you. That's pretty big. Um, it's nice. 
Yeah. So go run now, grab it. Uh, if you like to get creeped out, this book's going to do that. Um, if you want to see if it's going to creep you out, go pick it up anyway. So see if it does. And uh, you know, and then look forward. Uh, and, there's going to be more should, stuff. Go ahead. No, I, sh- I should point out that it, it is the second book in a series. So uh, a few early reviewers got upset because they didn't realize that it was the second book, even though it says high on the cover, book two. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I want to point that out. It is the second book in the series, uh, just so everyone's aware of that. Yes, and the first one is Three Gates of the Dead, right? Yes. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember you coming on talking about that, so I didn't want to botch that one. Uh, so, okay. yeah, so go. So, there you go. You've got two books this month to go pick up. Go get three book, you know, Three Gates of the Dead, then The Dark Bride, and then you can wait for the next book to come out. And meanwhile, uh, yep. him and Joe Schaefer is going to have another book that you can read. So, hey, look at that. It's like one after another. Yeah, it seems like it. It's, uh, you know, it's been fun. And uh, the, again, the book with Joe is just going to be, it's just got everything in it, and, and I love it. It's it's cool. All right. Uh, where can our uh, our audience find you if they want to find more information? Um, they can just go to my website, authorjonathanryan.com. Um, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook and all my social media link and stuff and, and there is, is off from the website. So people can feel free to come and check me out. And um, I even think I have my email there. So if people have questions, want to email me, they can do that too. All right. So you, you've heard it from the man himself. He, you can email him, ask questions, or uh, just follow him around. Um, but I don't know if that's super safe because apparently he's been chased by tornadoes, <laughs> right, uh, random right. blizzards, and the, the dust storms. Storm. Follow me around. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, it'd be a safe, so yeah, for sure. Yes, or maybe it's just the calamities that are following you. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even All right. That, so, yeah. Well, thanks, as always, for coming on the show. Let us know when the next book's coming out. We'd love to have, I mean, since it's with you and Joe, we'd love to have you both come on and talk about that. And, uh, you know, just let us, anything else we can uh, do to promote the books? Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. All right. Hey, You're thanks, welcome. John. Right. Have a great night. See you, John. All right, guys. Hey, you guys have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. That is author Jonathan Ryan. Uh, seriously, go pick up his books. Three. Uh, Gates of the Dead, and The Dark Bride. Um, it, I, it, fair warning, if you don't like scary books, you probably shouldn't pick it up. It, yeah, I don't it, think I'll be it, it sounds like it, it might be something to avoid. But if you don't mind a thrill, if you don't mind getting scared, or if you really want to try getting scared, go pick them up. Obviously, these are going to do it. Or if you think you can't be scared. Or if you think oh, you yeah. can't be scared. <laughs> Let's see if you wet your pants. But seriously, that's the whole reason I I wrote Ed Michael Brent's book because he's like, oh yeah, this is gonna freak you out. And I'm like, I don't. I, I read Stephen King. It doesn't bug me. Obviously, it bugs me because I can't. <laughs> I literally, when I go from, so we have this long great room in the kitchen and then the lights upstairs. When I turn that off, I have to make sure the other lights are on. And I'm not walking through a completely dark room <laughs> since reading that book. It has creeped me out that much. I've had no problem. I used to work in a haunted house where I would be in the dark room. Pitch black, not being able to see all night. It was fine. Not anymore. Oh, well. Because something's going to get you. Something's going to get me from the dark. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. We're going to play uh, a couple songs, stretch our legs, talk, and then uh, we'll be back, talk a little bit of geek news, and then talk to uh, Keith Allen. So we'll be back soon. Gentlemen, behold, Dungeon Crawler Radio. ha, <laughs> ha.
Hi, this is Ed Greenwood. You're listening to Dungeon Crawls Radio and Crawl Baby Crawl. If you come in contact with the Thank you. 
interrupting our good songs. Uh, and apparently now we have 24 hours to comply. What are we complying to? Are we like consenting to uh, murder chickens or something? I don't know. It's possible. It, it is. It is possible. So um, we'll figure this out, but we'll play another song and we'll be back shortly. So uh, stay tuned. All right. There it is. There it is. Just keeps going. It just keeps going. I unhooked it. So uh, welcome back. Uh, that was Dark Lord Funk, and we have Keith Allen in the house with us, uh, or known as K Face. Hi. Yeah. Is this on? It okay. is on. You'll have to get a little bit closer. But uh, cool. Hi. Yeah. So thanks for coming on the show. I know it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, last like, year I came on too. Like, Talk nerdy to me was the last time you came on, and and this one kind of went crazy. Yeah. I mean. Uh, for uh, what George Takai retweeted it and spread the word, and then it got all the way to J.K. Rowling's, uh, which commented on yeah. it as well. Uh, George Takai actually did Talk Nerdy. I don't know if he did this one. Um, oh, Talk Lord I, Funk. Okay, I thought but, I saw something. But um, Jason Isaacs did. Jason Isaacs. Okay, yeah. that's that's so who it was. Himself. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So he tweeted it. He said it was funking awesome. <laughs> or funking genius. That yeah. might have been it, too. That's awesome. Funking genius. Nice. Yeah, but, yes, J.K. Rowling saw it, too, which was pretty crazy. And you have, like, what, 7 million hits on it on this one at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So we got um, about 6 million views in a, in a week wow. off of it. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. And now it's up to 7.4 yeah. million. Yeah. So hopefully you're making money through through uh, YouTube. Um. Not as much as you'd think, actually. Really? Um, see, the really stupid thing about parody and combination with YouTube is that all the publishing music companies come in oh. and say, this is our song. Gotcha. And on YouTube, you are guilty until proven innocent. Oh. So while I can sit there and say, actually, this is fair use under parody law, because yeah. it is, yeah. um, nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, That's too bad. Unless you have a team of lawyers. So we're working it out, though, where you can make money. As a kind of listing it as a cover instead of a parody, gotcha. Because then you get some of the the profit as well, which helps. Um, no, the thing about YouTube is actually you make all your money through other means. So we're selling T-shirts and we're selling the song on iTunes cool. as a cover, so that we can do it legally. And yeah, that's actually where a lot of the money in YouTube is made is from pushing other stuff through it. Gotcha. Whether it's products, merchandise, songs, music, you know. So yeah. Okay. So I. How does it feel to have this explode so so massively? I mean, really? Yeah, it's obviously it's, it's pretty incredible and it's very humbling. All at the same time, it's like, man, this that's one of those like pinch me. This is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were, it was cool though because like talk nerdy after three days, I did that one pretty much completely by myself. Yeah, 
wrote it, shot it even. Like, obviously, the people came in and helped a lot with, like, singing and performing. But as far as, like, behind the scenes go, I was literally in behind the camera, getting everybody set up, pressing play, running in front of the camera. We would do our thing, and then I'd run back and behind the camera and press stop. Mm-hmm. So I was even camera operator and in it. Oh, wow. All at the same time. Um, because I was like, I'm going to do this my way, you know, like, and I didn't have as many connections back then. It was just like, no, I'm going to do this and I want to be in it. So I'm going to make that work. Um, this one, I kind of, you know, I, I network and got more team together. Um, and so, but even after editing talk nerdy for like three days straight, I was like, I don't even know if this is good anymore. I don't know if it's funny. Like, isn't it funny how that works? Like, because it was hours. Yeah, it was like three days straight. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm just gonna put it out there and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are like, Oh, this is my jam. Like, this is my theme song. I'm like, Oh, sweet. People are liking this. Cool. Okay. In my head, I thought it was cool originally, and at this point, I'm like, I don't even know. This one though, um. We were, I mean, we were going through, it was a much bigger production as well. Yeah. Um, we had like a kind of solid team of four of us that put it together. It was me, I was kind of the creator, director, writer of the whole thing. But then I got Marcus Joseph, who's a brilliant kind of music producer and actually filmer. He uh, did a lot of like kind of cinematography on it. Um, I would say, this is the shot we're doing and be like, okay. And then he would get the shot and make it look cool. Um, and then we have Andrew Carver, who was um, kind of a production helper on it. Um, assistant director and just made things happen behind the scenes um, and then there was Elijah who was the singer dancer performer guy you know I came to him actually this has been in the work since of like December November um, I called him up in December I was like hey I have this crazy idea for a Harry Potter parody on the new Uptown Funk song um, and it hadn't actually gone like big big yet we yeah. really lucked out on that um, I, we knew it was fun but it didn't explode till like January February of this yeah. year and then it was January, I sat down to write it. And originally, it was going to be Hogwarts funk, actually. It was going to be huh. Harry Potter singing the whole song. Yeah. Well, once I tried to write lyrics for that, nothing came. I was yeah. like, there's no good angle. Was it going to be Harry Potter singing about Hogwarts or like trying to convince somebody to go to Hogwarts? Like, What's the story behind it? Nothing clicked until while I was trying to write it. it was I just put a don't on the Say My Name, You Know Who I Am, which is from the original song. Yeah. And so it became Don't Say My Name, You Know Who I Am. Like, oh, that's like Voldemort singing. <laughs> oh, that would be funny if Voldemort was singing a funk song. Yeah. Oh, and then I could put Voldemort in curlers because that's in the original music video, and that would be really funny, you know? And boom, it was all down one day after wow. that. Yeah, once it clicked, it could be Voldemort. It was like, oh, yeah. And then it'll be the end of the movie, and he's like bragging to Harry Potter that he's going to kill him. Like, this would be funny. And then so kind of just rolled from there um but through the whole process it was like man this is this is turning out really cool and then we edited actually all together too we went over marcus's for several days and just like sat there in front of the computer tossing around like oh yeah we put this here put this here and most of it was kind of shot with very specific parts in mind Mm -hmm. so you know like the barber scene was like the second verse the forest was going to be the first verse things like that but it was like moving in cutting in all the other like sprinkles and things like that to make it look good and so during that process it was the saturday we released it on march 23rd that was a monday i think something like that or march 24th anyway so the saturday before that we were like three quarters done editing we were kind of looking around at each other like this is good (laughs) (laughs) like this is crazy like even we felt we were like really energetic like this is turning out like we even were like let's go watch the whole thing again we hadn't, like, finished editing. We were like, let's just watch the whole, from the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. And just watch it through where we'd gone. We were just, like, cracking up at all the ridiculousness that's in it. 
And so, and then Sunday night when we were like done editing and we were like hanging out with a bunch of people and Elijah at the time was like, Keith, I feel like we're in on the best kept secret in Provo right now (laughs) with this video. He's like, nobody knows what's coming tomorrow. Like nobody does. And that was just like, so for us, it was like, man, this could like, it feels really good, but I'll never say like, yeah, this will go viral. I'll never say that because you don't know. Yeah. But to me, I was like, this is better than talk nerdy. Like, I feel really good about this one. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then we released it and started getting traction. And then end of the second day, it was over a million views. Wow. It was wow. crazy. How yeah. does that feel to go from literally running back and forth in front of and behind the camera to people just, I mean, now you're to that point where people just go, I want to work with you. I yeah. <laughs> you know, you have people lining up. You tried to, you tried to encourage people get them to come with you at first, and now that you've proven yourself, people are just probably coming out of the woodworks. I want to be a part of this. Let me know when you're doing your next video. And yeah. It's, it's <laughs> great how that happens, huh? <laughs> it's great and awkward. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it is happening, obviously, right, now, right. especially. Um, with especially, Yeah, after Dr. Lord Funk, I'm getting a lot of like, hey, let me know. I want to help on the next one. Right. Which is cool, because a lot of people are literally it's like... It's hard, because sometimes there's not a place. Yeah, you know what I mean? and that's actually and the awkward will, part because yeah, I'm like, like you don't have a place cool, okay, um, I'll let you know if because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're, some people you're have in been the queue. you're in the queue. <laughs> yeah, and some people have been really cool like that where they're like, I, I like, I'll hold a light. Like that's mm-hmm. all I want to do. I just want to yeah. help, and I'm like, that's really cool. Okay. Um, funny. Yeah, we hear that a lot too, and you know, you never. No, when you're going to need that person mm-hmm. either. So it's nice to have people, you know, get numbers and yeah. like, you remember uh, two months ago when you said you would help? Okay, well, we're out here right now and we need you to go run and get some sandwiches. And <laughs> what are you doing right now? Yeah. So it's nice to have that reserve as well. But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It feels good though, right? Having all these people just having resources that you never thought you would have. Yeah. The resources is a big thing, especially just because people are actually starting to offer even like, not just like themselves, but like connections they have equipment they have and i'm like oh that makes life so much easier and like i'm getting email now from like websites who are like hey you know like we could provide you costumes like if you're looking for it and i'm like sweet because that was like one of the big expenses on dark before and up till now yeah i've i haven't had like people like what kind of budget do you have i'm like what's out of my own pocket i literally just (laughs) paid for anything we needed to get it done like there wasn't So, I mean, it was, yeah, it was several hundred dollars. I mean, it wasn't, like, crazy, but it was still everything out of my own pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, all right. And you can look, like, on my, my credit card, like, the weeks leading up to it. <laughs> like, I went into TaylorMade, which is a makeup and costume mm-hmm. shot, like, several that. times a week. Just yeah. I was like, oh, I need another bottle cap. Oh, I need makeup for this. Oh, we need fingernails for that. Oh, we need a wig for that. You and know? they knew you like, by pop, name pop. by the time. They do. They've <laughs> no, known me. I'm sure. I walk in and I'm like, hey, what do you need now? <laughs> what are you making this time? <laughs> like, really, some of them are like, what music video are working on now? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't tell you. Yeah, I've Someone gotten like, all with stuff. <laughs> yeah, so. It's true, though. Um, nah, because by that time I have it all written and it's like in production. And so, unless they're like really speedy. Right. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to like beat me to the punch. Yeah, um, true. So, but yeah, it's really nice having those resources come out now, especially because. Now I can like now I have a little more leverage too with like bigger production stuff, right. so I can start talking to like people with more resources or connections. Me like, hey, this is my work. This is what we can do together with these ideas that I have. And so now it's just kind of can build from here. So do you have more stuff that 
floating in the your, so your head? So yeah. many ideas. <laughs> what are yeah. well? You don't want to say them because people will take them. Then. Nah, yeah. I'm not totally worried. Um, I'm not going to say like Star the Wars. details. More Star Wars. I'm doing a Star Wars. Don't worry. Okay. Oh, I've actually been. Well, here's the thing. I'm not like. I've I've been planning stuff in my head, you know, it'll roll out, and I'm like, because, I mean, months ago, I was like, okay, the new Star Wars is coming out in, you know, December. Yeah. Okay, I'll, so I'll roll out one in the fall. So between that, I'll probably do, you know, this. So I've got a Hobbit-themed parody I'm doing. Cool. Nice. I've got a Batman one. That'll probably be the next one. Um, yeah, it's to a One Direction song. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> and it's the villain singing it. So they're going to be a villain's boy band. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, one thing I'm really proud of, too, is uh, you know how Zane recently left One Direction? Right. Yeah. So we're going to have Bane leave. Oh, oh nice. That's, so That's really That good. was really convenient. So yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that, I'm like, ha, we're using that. Okay. And so, yeah, and then we're actually writing a Winnie the Pooh one, too. Okay. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's m- way more just like a for fun one. Like, yeah. It just makes us laugh, so we're going to make it. I don't expect it to go viral at all. I'm just going to make it because it's that funny and stupid. And but. it probably will. <laughs> people watch Maybe. YouTube. Yeah. It's solid juxtaposition. It's to like this like hip-hop, really not a great song. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we're changing it to a Winnie the Pooh theme, and it's going to be funny. Anyway. Huh. But I've got, like, non-music parody stuff, actually, that we're making, too. Cool. So one video that we actually shot, it's pr- almost done. We shot it before this, actually, before Dark Lord Funk. Uh, it was supposed to come out before it, but we got held up on the special effects. It's a Dumbledore versus Gandalf, like, battle video. Oh, and, really? Like, fighting, yeah. But it's funny. So huh. it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's funny stuff. And so, so it's both, like, epic and totally ridiculous. So... <laughs> We, like, dressed up in, like, cosplay, obviously, yeah. that time. So I got, like, decent costumes for it. But then we shot it, like, totally, like, snap zoom, like, shaky hand cam type oh, style nice. thing. But it's going to have, like, awesome sound effects. Like, you, if you just listen to it, it sounds so awesome, like, epic. And we're getting, like, legit special effects put on it and everything for this magic. And so it's kind of got this funny juxtaposition where, it, like, part of it feels so epic and awesome. Yet at the same time, it's like we shot it in my friend's house. Like, just jumping around from, like, the living room to the kitchen to, like, the dining room, like, literally blasting each other through, like, doors and stuff like that. Like, it's clearly like this, they're just having fun, but there's this level of epicness with it as well that I think will click with people. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that kind of stuff to come out as well. So, Have you seen the numbers to Talk Dirty, Talk Nerdy to Me go up since Dark Lord Funk came up? Have you been? (laughs) yeah. So pretty much all the views on my channel have like skyrocketed with it, which is really nice. And that's why you you get content out between big ones so that it kind of feeds your other videos. Because I did like, I mean, I did the Zelda one actually right after Talk Nerdy. And I did okay, actually. It had like 100,000 views after a couple thousand weeks. Or a thousand weeks. <laughs> wow. After a couple weeks. Um, a little bar there. <laughs> but I had like, I only had like 2,000 subscribers at the time. And so wow. it was like, it was obviously propelling itself, which was nice. And yeah. I, that's kind of what I try to do is, you know, have all my content be kind of standalone. Like if I had zero subscribers, this would still do well, you know. Um, and so and so that one did okay. And then I did a Hunger Games one, and that didn't do as well. Um and then I did, actually, it was funny, I did a sit-down parody called Game Game. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, if you like gaming, obviously, um, go watch it. Because I did it to the Bang Bang song by Ariana Grande and Jesse J and that 
pop song. I just yeah. took it and mm-hmm. did Game Game, and so it's all about like Smash Brothers and 64, yeah. Final yeah. Fantasy, uh, Tomb Raider, <laughs> Chrono Trigger. I reference because Chrono Trigger is one of my all-time favorite that games. That is a ever. great game. Yeah. Greatest game. So yes, I reference it. Um, anyway, so it's got that. So that one actually did better, and it's a sit-down acoustic. We just sat down in my friend's house and just did the song. It's not like a big production whatsoever, and it did better than my Hunger Games one, which was a little bigger production. Just I think it just resonated more with people, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, so, the game game had like 20,000, 25,000 views, I think, and the Hunger Games had like 20,000 views or something like that, and now they're both over 200,000 views. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And then wow. Talk Nerdy, or, uh, Talk Nerdy got like uh, around 300,000 views more as well, and, um, the Zelda one also got about 200,000 more views. So every single video so just compounds. Yeah. So I have like nine videos on my channel and like 10.5 million views wow. for the whole channel. That's incredible. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and as more stuff comes out, that'll come up. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully, you know, you'll be able to have your own studio and people coming to you for crazy fun stuff like they yeah. do with Weird Al. Yeah. I was going to say, I see a Super Bowl commercial somewhere in the future. <laughs> I don't know where, but it's it's coming. That would be so cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually talking to Salt Lake Comic Con right now about another video idea I cool. have. That's going to... This is actually the one I'm most excited about probably this entire year. I actually had the idea last year and mm-hmm. it's non-musical, but it's freaking hilarious and epic. Um, nice. Yeah. And we'll shoot it, like, kind of best we can on, like, good equipment and stuff. But it's going to take a lot of people, actually, um, wow. which is nice because I can kind of – I can hopefully get that. Now. Yeah, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> it's going to need – All yeah. Comic-Con has to do is throw it on their Facebook page, and I'm sure you're going to have a line down the oh, street. Yeah. Especially if it yeah. has to do with cosplay or anything it does. like that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to need a lot of cosplay. You want – people are always, like, when they're making fan films and stuff, they're always worrying – like, wondering how to get costumes. And just go to Comic-Con. These people work so hard on their costumes – they would be honored to show them. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I'm like, you, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll pay you. Let me put oh it on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't that. tell you how excited I am about this one. I want to tell you all the details, but I don't know if I should. <laughs> but yeah. We will talk privately after yeah, the show. We, 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 yeah. <laughs> we turn the, the There's a Leroy down. Jenkins in it. It's uh, it's crazy. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> that is awesome. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> I'm really excited, though. Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> Stick to the plan, Leroy! <laughs> so, so At least I got chicken. <laughs> got a question. So, is this what you went to school for? No. Uh, that's the answer to almost everyone's question. <laughs> that question. Do you go to school for that? No. Uh, I'm an engineer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I am a nerd, guys. Like, I really am. (laughs) I saw Lord of the Rings seven times in theaters. Sweet. The first one, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I graduated BYU in manufacturing engineering in 2010. I actually did that for, like, two and a half years. I worked in engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes, but every two weeks, when I was down in Texas, I actually worked for Lockheed Martin. On um, there, yeah, their L thirty five program, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which sounds really cool. But I was doing a lot of spreadsheets; wasn't really my thing, <laughs> um, as you can see. Yeah, actually, my boss, my Xbox, texted me after Dark Lord Funkland. He's like, "Man, you really weren't meant to be a, an engineer, were you?" <laughs> we're like, kidding. Thanks, man. 
we're still on good terms. I didn't like burn any bridges, but yeah. So, but every two weeks we'd have a team meeting, Mm -hmm. and like while people were coming in for the team meeting, they'd show a viral video from YouTube, and this was like 2011. Yeah. And I'd always be like, man, I could do that. Man, I could do that. Why am I doing this? (laughs) (laughs) And so finally, I just yeah, I got a camera, and I all right, might as well start making stuff. Yeah. And I kind of yeah i kind of started with talking i didn't but i did yeah that was like the first one i really tried with um i did another one actually i could go and show people like my previous work because some people are like your first video like went viral keith you're so lucky and i like i am lucky like i won't like uh, yeah i'll acknowledge that but even then it's like no that wasn't really my first video i mean i did a video a year before that my brothers and i did like a a funny parody on a two chain song called i'm different where we're kind of making fun of how ridiculous the song is um, and how unwitty the lyrics are and all that jazz. And so, yeah. And we just shot it on, on my GoPro. That was it. And it was a lot of fun. We shot it. We recorded the vocals, shot the whole thing. We did the whole thing in like three days. And I put it up on YouTube and it got a couple thousand hits. And it was like, fun. Sweet. Okay. But then Talk Nerdy, I was like, no, this is a good idea. I should try harder on this one. And yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> so now I have to the, the, ask the questions. Since they watched, you know, viral, you know, YouTube videos, did they watch yours? Who? Your old uh, employers. Oh yeah, no, they use mine now for like their team meetings. <laughs> oh like, yeah, they use them now. <laughs> I actually write them now. I'm like, hey, make sure you use this at next week's team meeting. Like, here you go. So yeah, this is an ex employee of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's funny because, like, obviously they're very supportive of it. They're like, yeah, okay. That's cool. This is what our company can do for you. <laughs> yeah. Please don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the trick now is kind of turning it into, like, a viable business. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of what it all is. Like I said, this has all been out of my own pocket, so... I can't keep dumping money into something that's not returning. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I totally understand that one. So, yeah. yeah so we'll see where it goes from here. Cool. So how long did Buy my t shirt <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, actually, you have merchandise that says Talk Nerd Jimmy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, how long did production take? How long did the filming take um, with, like, the Harry Potter video? How long did it take? Yeah. Um, so... Both Talk Nerdy and Dark Lord of Fun took about the same amount of time, actually, about two and a half months. Um, Holy cow, really? Yeah, but it a lot of it is actually just scheduling because I don't have a True. budget. Yeah. Have you guys ever tried to, like, yep. get 30 people together for, <laughs> like, four to five hours straight? It's never All happen. the same place at yeah. the same it's time? It's difficult. It's really hard. Several times? Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's, nightmare. It's several times is the hard yeah. part. Yeah. Especially because they're all volunteers. Like, yeah. you know, I can't pay and I don't have budget for that. And so I'm like, guys, like, okay, what's your schedule? Like, what's your schedule? Like, what's your schedule? I'm like, uh, we had to push the shoot yeah, you several times. Yeah, find, like, the perfect storm. Yeah. To make everybody. That's And that's what it was. So I think mean, that's why Bellatrix was in, like, some of the castle <laughs> shots and then not in some of the others because one night she wasn't in and the other night she was. Like, it's just how it happens. Yeah. And so you make do with what you can. But that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things. And then getting the music right. Um also takes time because you have to do all the vocals and that right. takes several times and then build the instrumental and all that jazz. Where did so. you guys record? Um, so most of the vocals and everything we did at Audio West and Orm. Okay. Um, great guys. I'm friends with all of them. Um, and so they were pretty happy to help out on this too. Um, 
And then we did some of it just in Marcus's room. Um, he's got like a little microphone set up and mm-hmm. stuff. It's like the whole beginning part. The, the boy who lived to come to die. <laughs> All that we just did in his room. Nice. <laughs> oh, technology. We were dying. We were really on the floor laughing recording that stuff because of how ridiculous it sounded. <laughs> oh, Monaco, this way is some ice cold. Like, what? What have we done? <laughs> Like, Elijah, every time you'd hear it, just, like, roll back on the bed, just laughing his head off, because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, yeah, actually, we did a, yeah, a fair amount, just between Audio West and then the instrumental. I I built up some of it and then gave it to Marcus, and he made it sound pretty and put on his own stuff as well. And um, So, like, a lot of people ask about the chorus as well, how we incorporated the two musics together. Mm-hmm. Um, like from the movie and from the song. And in the Zelda one, if you've seen it, I actually put in the end, the riff, the uh, Song of Storms riff on the flute, which is a nice little Easter egg for people because yeah. I'm like, now make it rain as I'm like throwing rupees. Yeah. And it does that do-do-do. Yeah. 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 Do-do-do. Anyway. Which is, yeah. And some people catch and they're like, ah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, and then the... The Hunger Games, I also put in subtly, just before the chorus, I put in that yeah. right as it drops. Right. And so that's something I like to do is incorporate, you know, music from these things. into it. So Marcus, I was like, I want to Harry Potter this up. I want to do some sort of riff from Harry Potter that people will, like, recognize. Oh, yeah, that's Harry Potter. Well, we didn't do it very subtly this time. Um, actually, he's like, oh, we can put chimes in. That's like the do 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 So yeah. that's in there. Um, and then I was like, let's, we could put in like a guitar riff over the bridge. That's like the dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And then at like three 30 in the morning, I I'd left, that was at midnight or something. I left to go bed. And then at three 30 in the morning. So I woke up to this text. He's like, dude, the things my mind has been doing, <laughs> come listen to this. And he had done the horns part, what you hear now, yeah. right. you know, the dun 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 It's so funny, it blends so well when I hear this song on the radio and it's not there, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. In my head it just goes, like it's in there, it continues, and then I'm like, wait, that's the wrong one. Yeah. So that was like, oh, yeah, now this is working. Okay, that's Harry Potter now. And so, and that's one thing that people have been really eating up on it. I think that really that is, is like perfect. helped it shoot up. Yeah. Too. So, little details. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. And honestly, the late night mind geniuses, like the late night spark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's what it can do. Fueled by monster Sweet, energy yeah, drinks and, and sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation. Apple juice for him. Right? Oh, apple juice. Apple juice. Yeah. Okay. So, very nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely, it's definitely gone spinning around. I mean, uh, something we mentioned when we started the show, uh, I took my family, we went ice skating like three, yeah, two, three weeks ago, and they were playing this song at the ice rink while we were skating. So, sweet. Um, it's definitely gone around. It's getting its attention. Uh, people are loving it. I mean, the guy is like, yeah, you got to check this out. We just listened to Uptown Funk. Now listen to Dark Horse uh, Funk. <laughs> That's really cool. So yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy where this is popping up, and like, so yeah, it was, what was funny and really humbling as well is that Saturday when we were, I was like, 
when we were like, oh, this is actually really cool. You start yeah. daydreaming about where this could go. You yeah. Know? Like, man, wouldn't it be cool if this happened with it or this happened? You're like, man, yeah, I guess we'll see. And like a couple of the things were trending on Facebook. That you know, like, man, yeah. it would be cool if it trended on Facebook or if J.K. Rowling saw it or if it like made the front page of YouTube and like it did all of that. Yeah. Like it was crazy. So did, did she write to you guys or anything like that? Or no. it was just like... No, some random person it. tweeted her. Why? Like, too. Like, it wasn't even my friends. Like, nobody. Like, yeah. I knew it was some random girl who was like, Hey, J.K. Rowling, have you seen this awesome Harry Potter parody, Dark Lord Funk? And she responded to her. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, yeah. She said, yes, I have seen it. So That's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> now it's crazy. Now when you get to the Star Wars one, you need you, you need to continue and have George Lucas say, say something. Somebody, yeah. somebody, yeah. See yeah, it. let us know when you. JJ Abrams. Oh, JJ Abrams. Oh, yeah. Abrams. There you go. Watch this. Tweet it. The only thing is, she didn't like tweet the video, which would have been obviously even crazier. Yeah, but that she would did have. acknowledge that. Yeah. I yeah. And she called a genius. Yes. There you go. That was the biggest crazy thing. You don't need yeah. you don't need anything more than that. I yeah I then, don't. Yeah. <laughs> You said it was genius. Actually, the the trending on Facebook, that one was like, I freaked out on that one, actually. Maybe even more than the J.K. Rowling. I don't know. Uh, just in my head. Because I was like, that's worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not local. That's not like... That's everywhere. That's freaking Facebook. Like, people everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so, when when you're in the creative process, do you just like... You're in the car, you hear a song, you're like, whoa, I, I, I can use that. I mean, yeah. How do you pull the songs out? Um, Yeah, actually, it really is just like something clicks. That's okay. it. Well, this one was different because, like I said, I, w- I wanted to do a Harry Potter parody. Yeah. Like back October, November, when I was finishing up the Hunger Games, I was like, I really want to do a Harry Potter one. Yeah. And my friend, uh, Andrew, actually, who helped make this, was like, hey, check out Uptown Funk. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a fun song. Maybe I can do Hogwarts Funk with it. So that one actually was much more of a process. Okay. Uh, Dark Lord Funk was not like a, oh, yeah, I'm doing Voldemort. No, actually, yeah. and like I said, I was literally had like the lyrics and I was trying to write Hogwarts Funk yeah. and nothing was coming until it was just morphed right into that. Um, and so the ones I'm writing right now, like sometimes it's just an idea that clicks with a song or it's it takes time, you know, like... Yeah, so the Batman one, might as well just tell you because, I mean, we're making it. So, But it's uh, Night Changes okay. from Wonder Egg, Dark Night Changes. Yeah. And so it's going to be kind of like, so somebody was like, you should do a One Direction song. And literally, as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, okay, One Direction, what's big right now? Night Changes, boom, Dark Night Changes, done. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> do that. that one literally was like, I don't have all the lyrics like finished yet, yeah. but I mean, it's starting to look funny. So it's going to be the villains talking about how the actor actually keeps changing. That's even better. That's that is really better. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is and we're gonna try and and happen. we're gonna try and work in the dun 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 dun, yeah, dun nice. music into it because it's now, slow like the song. No, somehow some magical thing in the universe would connect just long enough for you get get a bit of Kevin Conroy saying something. Oh, yeah. So you could drop in there. That would be amazing. That would be. Yeah. So. I'm Batman. And that's, yeah. that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, that would be so cool. And then, like, yeah, so the Winnie the Pooh one was, that one was, like, a click moment. Yeah. You're like, oh, these are, this is the title of the song. These are lyrics. Oh, yeah, we could totally do Winnie the Pooh with it this way because it's just a slight tweak of the lyrics. You know? Cool. Sweet. 
And then the Hobbit one actually is a little more of a stretch, but I just really wanted to do it. Okay. <laughs> and I don't care because it's still going to be fun. Um, plus, it's taking a song that it's, it's a couple years old, um, but it was really it was super popular, but it's not like the most family-friendly song. Mm-hmm. And now I can make it that, which yeah. I'm really, it's something I'm proud of, like through all of this is a lot of people write me and say like, oh, thanks for doing this because now I can, I like the music of this song and now I can listen to it around my kids. Yeah. You know, my kids can listen to it, except when they're running around saying, Dark Lord, funk you up. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do. <laughs> people, several people have told me like, it's really weird when my kid starts yelling, Dark Lord, funk you up. And I'm like, what'd you just say? <laughs> 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 oh, that's <laughs> but awesome. yeah, but making like these family-friendly yeah. content for like popular songs that I myself, I'm like, yeah, I wish I could listen to some of this stuff more openly or around, you know, my nieces and nephews. My rule now is like, can my nieces and nephews listen to this? Sweet, okay, yeah, we're good. Yeah, so or watch it. Yeah, cool. No, I you've done a great job with this one. Uh, I you know, talk nerdy to me was hilarious. It was fun. Um, everything else sounds like it's going down that that realm as well. Uh, I'm super excited about the Batman one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that that is genius there. Though, with yeah. going so, with that song. Yeah, and we'll have Keith back. Well, hopefully, I'm trying to get. I haven't actually approached him yet with it, but I want him to be Riddler on it. Oh, nice, tall, skinny guy. Yeah, yeah, that would work. So, yeah, and then I'll have Elijah. Actually, we'll probably get him to be Joker. He's already used to the white makeup. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he can do it. Oh, he's so funny. He he'll do anything like so well. That's what I love about That's cool. him. And so yeah, so we'll have all the the five boy band. It'll be like Joker, Riddler, Bane, Penguin, and uh, Two Face. Yeah, Two Face. Nice. Yeah. Two Face could know. probably pull off two people. <laughs> that could be fun. Uh, so so what Joker are you gonna go for then? I mean, because there's several different yeah, iterations of Joker. I, yeah. The Heath Ledger one, or... Part of me wants to do, actually, the, like, the Jared 50s Leto. one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, the Adam West one. Oh, that, I, oh But do. I don't, just because Heath Ledger's is so good. <laughs> you could have a lot of fun, though, with the 50s one, because yeah. uh, Cesar Romero refused to shave off his mustache, or you could leave the mustache on there with the white paint on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it's true. <laughs> but we'll have the... We'll probably have the Bane, the, the new Bane, obviously. Okay. Um, and then... A new Two Face, as well. Cool. Because yeah, those all kind of look the best too. Yeah, in my opinion. So, oh, but part of me actually kind of want, do. You guys watch Gotham at all? Oh, oh yeah. Just yeah. About to I kind of want to do the Penguin from Gotham. <laughs> I yeah. love the Penguin. Oh, it's so good. Just because yeah. it's something new and you know, like kind of almost semi iconic now. Yeah. But um, it's not like the typical. Wah, 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 wah. No. Well, the actor that was playing him, it kept bugging yeah. me. I'm like, I know, I've seen this guy before, but he was actually in. Uh, oh, was that one with Accepted with Justin Long? Oh yeah. He's the really ADHD guy that oh, yeah. talks really fast, but you don't realize it because he's blonde. blonde. Yeah, he's yeah. blonde. I was gonna say. I've seen him. I can't remember what else. I've seen him in something else, and he was blonde too. And I was yeah. watching it, and I just kind of had to wait a minute. Wait, why is he? Why do I feel creeped out right now? Yeah. I'm not really sure why. And then I, I am beat and it was, it yeah, was well, him, and I was like, oh, that's why. The whole time I'm like, I seen him somewhere, and then we just randomly went back to watch him. I'm like, that's penguin. <laughs> so uh, I think that happens yeah. a lot. I, 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 I do like the newer <laughs> his portrayal of penguin because he isn't that wah, wah, and he's not short and pudgy. Uh, he does kind of have the walk, but yeah. He's like the dumbest yeah. genius. 
I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. His arrogance gets him in so much trouble, but he's so smart. Yeah, you have to respect him a little bit. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Something's not going his way. Well, I'll kill him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Literally does. Or I'll trick someone else into killing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's kind of where I'm going with cool. the, the boy Bane, and then Bane will leave at the end. Very nice. Bane seems like the person that would leave anyway. Mm. He seems like he's just a little sensitive. And then you get to have the fun of getting all the various costumes. Yeah. Ooh. Are you going to get ones with the bat nipples? I mean, seriously. I'm going to write that in. That's going to be a <laughs> yeah. reference, though, bat nipples. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just because I have to. Yeah. That was the George Clooney, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was. And Val Kilmer. The anatomically no, I correct. Val Kilmer yeah. I don't think Val I Kilmer think it was did. It's just George Was it just George Clooney? Yeah. Okay. His was the anatomically <laughs> correct. He's he's the That's only one it. that could pull it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the nipples. It made no sense Clooney to me. can do anything. Uh, of course. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but the new one, I'm like, oh, it looks so cool. Yeah. Well, even when he's in the whatever robotic suit he's in, yeah. looking up at, yeah. up at and you uh, get those Superman. glowing Batman eyes. Yes. And you're like, yeah. this is it. I, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I will admit that I had some, some questions when Ben Affleck was casted, but. I still have questions. Well, if you, if you, if, and this is what I've said several times on the show. If Ben Affleck in Argo shows up, Batman's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if Ben Affleck shows Daredevil. up in Daredevil, we're oh, screwed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the guy that plays Daredevil now is... Oh, my gosh. He could do Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I would be good with that. I, mean, I want to cosplay the black ninja suit. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. That show is freaking awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going through the RPS, looking through builds. People are already doing of it. Wow. Because so, I really want to do that. Actually, for the big epic video that we're doing, so my roommate is Iron Man. I said that last year, yeah. I think, too. But yeah. um, So he does a lot of cosplay stuff, a lot. Yeah. Um, he made like a screen-accurate uh, hiccup costume from How to Train Your Dragon 2. Oh, wow. So the big leather armor stuff, the yeah. helmet, even wow. like with the ridges, like the stitches on the that ridges. That is crazy. Like, it's crazy. He does the details. So anyway... Um, I have this for this big, epic, ridiculous video that I'm going to need a lot of cosplayers for. I'm going to be the leader of one side of this. And so we're going to make uh, a crossover cosplay, actually, because I thought this idea would be cool, of Leonidas from 300 in oh. Iron Man. So Leonidas armor, that's Iron Man. So it'll have, like, the glowing Iron Man eyes, and it'll be, like, an Iron Man helmet, but have, like... The Leonidas yeah. like main thing. Yeah. And that's so cool. <laughs> that sounds pretty amazing. So yeah. that's that's what we're gonna do. Because oh. <laughs> I was in my head, I was that like, is awesome. oh my god, epic! This needs yeah. to happen right now. So yeah, so we're building that. Wow. And like the shield is gonna have an arc reactor on it. That is awesome. So. <laughs> When is this coming out? Because I need to build a time machine. To jump <laughs> well, he's so he's made a mold actually for the Iron Man helmet, yeah. and he can now like pump them out wow. because he wants to, you know, like maybe sell them to people and as like raw cast, and then they can do what they want with them. Um, and so like I was just holding one. I was like, man, it'd be cool if it had like the main thing. I was like, oh my gosh, crossover cosplay, Nate, we're making this. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, awesome. Yeah. Just gotta let your your mind run. <laughs> I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> My mind doesn't run too much. I keep it controlled. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Most that just sounds my geek side. I don't even care about the video. It's almost I'm just like I don't really want to build this crossover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will feel like such a bad A in this. I don't care what other people think. I know I will look awesome. <laughs> now, how, now, how do you mix the I am Iron Man and the We are Sparta lines? That would be awesome. Yeah, but you probably no. already figured that out. This maybe is Sparta. No, this it's, is Iron Man. It's, oh. no. <laughs> okay. This is Iron Man. Okay. He can't say much. We'll, no, we'll wait till later. Yeah. We're excited. Yeah. We're at the Comic Con. You, you, you won't make stuff, it five though, huh? steps. I'll tell you guys once this is over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that sounds good. Cool. All right. So, uh, your YouTube channel, what is that? Exactly. K-Face TV. K-Face TV. So, if you haven't seen this already, which I don't know why, because you must be in, like I said <laughs> earlier, in a deep, dark cave buried under three rocks, and you just nod your leg off to crawl out. Otherwise, you've probably seen this. Uh, check that out. There's also Talk Nerdy to Me, the Zelda one, uh, the Hunger Game one. I mean, there, there's several of, the, of these yeah. videos out there to watch, and more to come. And if you're not already going to Solid Comic Con, you now have a reason to. Yes. Of Leonidas, Iron yeah, Man. I think I'm going to be on a panel there, too, I think. Yeah. Probably. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, I think it'll be a YouTube one. I'm not sure, but look for that. Yes. <laughs> Go check that out. Uh, and that's just, it's not too far away. I mean, it's April, so we got May, June, July, August. That's five months. Yeah, five months. Yeah. So, so much filming to do. Yay! I know. <laughs> so little time and a lot to do, pretty much. So okay, so check that out. Uh, do they? Where's your website so they can buy merchandise? Because you've mentioned that, oh, so you want to do that through the just. On the, uh, yeah, the YouTube the page. videos. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, Tom and the Riddle shirt. So it makes it really easy. Check out the video. Road, funk you up shirt. And then buy a T-shirt because yeah. who doesn't want Please one of those T-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, uh, and then Keith and his <laughs> can uh, continue making amazing videos for you to watch. Thank and you. Geek out about. <laughs> I try. Yes. <laughs> Support the uh, the Keith needs more money uh, fund. <laughs> The K-Face TV project fund. That's really there you go. The I mean, I've been thinking TV. about doing a Patreon, apparently. That's one way you can like, yeah, get Patreon people to support. Because cool. yeah. they're like, we like your stuff. We will support your videos. You know, it's like, sweet, okay. And yeah. I can maybe Just have a budget. Give some dollar amounts, and after you know they hit some, a dollar amount, you get a T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Uh, I know GoFundMe works. Um, yeah. In fact, Indiegogo I was just really good. Indiegogo. Yeah, I love Indiegogo. Uh, I mean, there's several yeah. things out there. Uh, Kickstarter. I think Indiegogo is probably better for the videos than Kickstarter, but I don't know. A lot of YouTubers do Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, because it's almost like a most recur. Yeah, it's thing. a monthly recurring thing where Indiegogo or yeah, or like per video, a one-time so thing. Yeah. You can contribute yeah. so much for a new video. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so go out, buy a T-shirt because Thanks. if you're walking around wearing that T-shirt. Someone else will go, hey, I know what that is, too. And then they'll go buy a T-shirt. And then yeah. it will spread. Buy my T-shirt. Yes, buy T-shirts. Yeah, um, at Comic-Con. I thought I'm about not it. not even kidding. Yeah. Yeah. You will. Yeah. yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. I should. Yeah. I'll go talk to them. All those well, people if, So they've asked you to do you? a video? <laughs> no, I had the idea oh, okay. last year, and now that I've got more leverage, yeah. I'm, I actually just hit them up. Well, because they knew... They obviously knew me from Talk Nerdy already, yeah. which they use, and apparently in their new conference, I guess they use Talk Dark Lord Funk as well. Yeah. So they're, I mean, they like my work, and so I had an idea. I was like, oh, this could totally be like, um, kind of like a collaboration brand deal with them. Yeah. Because it's 
obviously I need a lot of cosplayers and other stuff. That's and so it's something they could use to help promote as well. Cool. Yeah. And so I'm talking to FantasyCon about a video as well. Yeah, FantasyCon's so, awesome. Yeah. As well as you know, Yep, stuff. yep, yep. Yeah, I, I would just say, Hey, can I get a table? I need mm-hmm. to sell merchandise. Yeah. I'm making the I'm making the movie or the video for you. So Put yeah. your brother up. We'll yeah. see where this yeah. ends Hook up. Hook me up. I need to make some cash. You're making lots of cash. <laughs> with your hundred thousand plus guests. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Keeps getting bigger and bigger. We're gonna run out of space. Uh, yeah. We're just gonna have to build a Comic Con building. Well, they're actually in a talk. They they are in talks uh, building a convention hotel. So convention would be Down floor, on the, yeah. the bottom, and then the hotels above it. Um, uh, in Seattle, the convention is actually multiple floors. That's cool. Uh, just wow. because they don't have any space to build out, so they had to build up. Yeah. So, and there are a couple others like that. Um, like the convention center in Provo is multiple levels too. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. We'll yeah. So, you know, the salt piles can't get any w- bigger, so they're probably just going to have to go up. So. Which I'm okay with. Yeah. Which could be cool. So, yeah. All right. So we are down to the last 10 minutes of the show. Uh, go check out K-Face TV. Subscribe to it. Watch it. Buy T-shirts. Do everything. Uh, any last-minute things you guys want to throw out before we wrap up? Because it's almost that time. It is. I'm super excited about that new Battlefront video. That uh, oh my gosh! Blows oh, my the mind. The graphics are amazing. Oh. Well, this last week has been crazy. So we've gotten the new Star Wars trailer, the new Batman versus Superman trailer, and, and Star Wars. The new Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Well, that can go away. Nah. That's oh. it. Oh, you got to get closer to the mic. They can't hear you. You got to get closer to the mic. I thought the new one, I liked it because it showed the abilities. You saw the thing. You saw Johnny Storm flame off. You saw. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I love the actors that they chose in, I mean, in other things that I've seen them in. It's just, I didn't like, I don't like the mood. I don't like the feeling of the trailer for yeah. me. Yeah. I just didn't. The thing just knows? looks like. Yeah, I'll just leave that alone. Well, they're all going dark. That's what it's, it's like. It's sad. all going dark. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, the the thing is, the thing is, is if they're taking Fantastic Four the route I think they are, there's a reason they're going a dark and gritty tone with it, um, because they are leading into the Affinity Wars. Um, so I'm I'm hoping they do it right because we've already seen that Fox couldn't do it right. Uh, with the other two, um, and they had a pretty decent lineup and pretty decent cast there. It did. Um, it fun. Johnny weren't. Storm turned into Captain America. I was going to say they just were in their wrong, uh, wrong yeah, places. They were in the wrong places. <laughs> uh, Jessica Alba is Sue Storm. No, I don't think so. But That's maybe great. Kate Kate Mara could, could pull it off. Well, maybe. I, I don't. I just the guy they have playing Reed Richards just doesn't do it for me. He, I only see him as the the redneck cowboy from Footloose. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's all I see. He he doesn't come across as this, like, well, super genius. I will say this. The last thing I saw him in was Whiplash. That movie was okay. absolutely incredible, and he did an amazing job. And I had my doubts until I saw that, and I, I said, he's he, it's, it's oh, as an artist, it's minutes, such like, an incredible film. Yeah. Mind-blowing. And um, I recommend anyone watch it. Okay. There's a lot of language, but it's good. But yeah, no, it reinstilled. I, I have faith. I have. Well, faith. and generally that's what <laughs> generally that's ha- 
is what has to happen, at least for me, is I have to see them in a role that's like, okay, I, like, you know, like, right. so like Ben, yeah, Ben Affleck. Yeah. I've seen him in all these things. I'm like, he can't pull off Batman. And then I saw Argo, and I'm like, oh, yeah, if this is the Ben that shows up, he can pull it off. But the problem is, is that's when he's directing. So he's not directing this, so who knows? Um, yeah. But we'll see. It could be, and, and of course, well, you know, Marvel and Disney, everything they've touched is gold so far, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a chance. Then you got the second season of Daredevil was picked up. That was picked oh, up. Why? That was not a surprise. They, I was yeah, angry. I was like, why haven't they finished filming this yet? <laughs> <laughs> I was more upset that it did just now to started like decided to start doing it. I was just like, that's like eight more months, maybe six. Well, I I don't too long. Yeah. It's you, too long. That's because they you binge watched it. They should have done this months ago. Well, they the, should have done this month. They gave me that option and I chose to do that. Yeah. So, their fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It was. It was. But that's, and that is the one problem I have with Netflix because you get the entire season. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you binge watch it and you're like, I got to wait a- another year now. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you lose your life for a yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. And then you have to go back into the real world. Well, it's not like we're, we're not going to watch it more yourself. than once. <laughs> hey, you know? It could have been until like 2018 because they've got all these other ones that they're doing. Yeah, yeah Jessica yeah. Jones. And I'm well, just, I'm excited for these other ones that are coming out. I mean, Netflix has a great platform, yeah, to be honest, for these TV series where they can they can do all the filming at once Firefly? and then push them out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good luck. Firefly? Come back. Come back. Netflix, yeah. Firefly. Come on. Yeah. I wish. We all want it. They know we, do. we have the audience. Castle's almost done. Come on. Just I know. Go. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, Joss is probably tied up for the rest of his life. No That's way. True. No way. He would drop it all for Firefly. Probably. <laughs> he probably would. Ooh, if just Disney pull could... Jessica out of suits. Nathan Fillion is going to be done with the castle. We just this is this could happen. What's Alec Baldwin up to? Probably not. Uh, he's doing uh, what? No, that ship. He one. is ready for what, Firefly. What is that ship mo- TV series he's on? I don't know. Oh, I forgot it. The last ship. That's what it is. <laughs> Are they bringing him back for Independence Day too? Uh, who he's knows? In the first one. I've been I watching know. Chuck again on Netflix. Yeah. That's a fantastic show. I love Chuck. <laughs> So anyway, I I could see it happening. Just saying, it, it, the it demand could. is there. It, it is. It is. If they had done a Kickstarter for that, we wouldn't even be having this conversation yeah. right now. Instead of combat, yeah, instead of combat, yeah. I mean, yeah. if it, yeah, I mean, combat. They don't have the rights. Maybe Fox is still like, no, we canceled it, but it's ours. I, maybe. What? what? Maybe that is. What's the worst thing that can happen? They make more money. Actually, that is the case. Because um, I remember talking with like Margaret Weiss Productions because they did the the role-playing game for that, and they had to work with Fox. So I think Fox still Lame. owns it, which is really weird. Let's cancel it and then yeah, hold on to it so as tight stingy. as we can the rest of our lives. Yeah. My gosh. Stingy, um, stingy. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, yeah. actually. Anyway. Fox. Enough with our Firefly tangent. <laughs> I know. That, ooh, you should do a Firefly <gasps> video. I've obviously thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like you couldn't have all the brown coats in, you, in the area show up. So I threw in a reference hard. in my Zelda one. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Firefly video. And then you could just throw in there, like a leaf on the wind. <laughs> I love that when he said that in like, come man. What was my Indiegogo. Yeah. yeah, right. And he's like, he's like, no, no. He's like, yeah, do it. And then he does it, and I'm just like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for that series. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Anything else? 
that we can throw out? Attack on Titans. That would be awesome. Again, like I said earlier, I don't want to read. Yeah, I want me to watch either. It. I do want to come yeah. to the U.S. So, but I don't want to. Is read that either. Japanese one? Yeah. yeah, I watched the trailer for that. I, weird. Well, just watch the anime. It's on. Did Netflix. you watch the anime? It's um, amazing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> cool. So. First episode. Poor kid. Gets, his mom gets eight. Yeah. Oh. I am thinking about doing a Pokemon musical. Though. That would be awesome. <laughs> like hour long Pokemon musical. Hour long. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That has crossed hour. my mind. I got wow. crazy ideas. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody's done it, like there's hour. like well, there's wow. like one Pokemon musical thing out yeah. there, and it's like three minutes long. It's like one song type yeah. thing. It's not got like four and a half million views, obviously. And so I'm like, no, I want to do like a very Potter musical, but like Pokemon. Mm. I think people would eat that up and do like they would. Oh, they value. would. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. You got to do, do it from the Pokemon's perspective. You choose me. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a one funny idea for a, like a non-musical video. I wanted to do like a Pokemon battle, like mm-hmm. how a Pokemon battle would really go, and like they throw out their Pokemon and they're like, "Go Pikachu, go Charizard," <laughs> and they just turn around as soon as they come out and just start. Attacking the owner, <laughs> the trainer, yeah, and then they they grab all the other Pokeballs and start letting out all the other Pokemon, and then they start attacking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like captive here. They don't want to be captive. They're digitized and put yeah. into a ball. Yeah. Anyway, that yeah. was one idea I had. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Hmm. Your brain is just like full of awesome stuff. I've got a whole list. Of I know. Another idea I want to do is uh, LARPing. You know, obviously. Yeah. I want to do LARPing 300 style. Ooh. Oh, so I've wanna... always thought about, I used to LARP. I've always thought about that. So like, well, Which... yeah. Well, what, what would happen <laughs> is actually it would be like normal LARPing. But one side, they like one of the people like, who's that guy? And it like pans out and you see this massively ripped dude just on one team. And he's like, the, the leader of that team's like, oh, that's my cousin Jeff. My mom told me to bring him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just sitting there like, like, like itching like, to go. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so today we're defending the Citadel of Caliban, and so you guys are attacking. Okay, let's go. And the dude just takes off. <laughs> and then we shoot it, like, totally at that. Yeah. Like, it's, like, ramping up. Yeah. 